Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 222 with our review of Oblivion. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases, television shows, and web series from the past week and beyond. Each week on the show, you're going to get a couple different episodes. First, you're going to get some reviews. Uh, this week, we had a review of The Place Beyond the Pines and also this review of Oblivion, which you're listening to right now. You're going to get a trailer talk segment where we discuss some of the trailers that have hit the internet recently, and then also what we've been watching segment where we discuss all the things we've been watching outside of the podcast. How are you doing tonight, Carson? Um, I'm doing all right. I, I have yeah. one question for you, Carson. Yes, my neighbors are building drones next door. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you and I are still an effective team. Uh, I hope so. Which I hope you answer correctly, because if not, those drones <laughs> might become a problem They're going to come over. <laughs> They're going to vaporize me. Uh, dude, speaking of vaporizing, uh, Oblivion is rated PG-13, right? And, yeah. you know, one of the ways that they are able to maintain a PG-13 rating is by, you know, eliminating blood and some of the gory stuff that happens in the film. Um, people just turn into ash. I think vaporizing people into, like, chunks that happens in, like, a split, se- like, blink of the eye is way more horrific than if a guy got shot through the chest and some blood poured out. Like, the- I don't know, man. I, I feel like vaporizing would be the better way to go. No, no. If, if I was going to be shot, I'd rather be, like, instantly obliterated than, than to, like, die a horrible death. But to me, for some reason, seeing people get turded and just just vaporized into chunks of ash and whatever else seemed just thinking of in my head seemed way more horrific than if like a guy got shot flew back into the wall and then like had some blood coming out of his chest i yeah maybe i don't know like just the the thought of it is more than than seeing it full on yeah it it just seemed like like just just a horrific sight in my mind as i was comprehending what i was seeing on screen um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like, it didn't really cross my mind. Although I will say when I was a kid and I saw Mars Attacks, I thought people, <laughs> people died like, pretty get, horrifically in that. When they get, like, burned away with, the like, the laser beams and stuff. Right, like, humans and aliens, when they got, you know, they got vaporized by them. Mars, Mars Attacks is one of those films that I, I'm still... I still wonder how that ever got made. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so yeah. Like I, I feel like Tim Bur- that was like Tim Burton's consolation movie at one point. Like he made a hit movie, and then they're like, okay, well now you can do whatever. And he's like, I'm gonna make a movie about uh, aliens based on a you know card game or card series. But it, it's just, it's just in, like thinking of all the like how many crazily big actors are in oh, that yeah. film, and we're just totally on board for being in the film for uh, being annihilated like showing up and then dying yeah um <laughs> it, it just like i'm, I'm stoked it got made because it, it was awesome awesomely i don't ridiculous. i don't think it would ever get made now oh no for sure uh, but yeah it was it was a hilarious movie then again we do have things being made like r.i.p.d so <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's that, that not right we, we might be getting something similar <laughs> yeah it's not out of the realm of possibility that these type of films might get made now but i um, feel like if they made mars attacks now it would be like a lot worse it wouldn't be as campy, I don't feel. Well, yeah, like, they wouldn't have gone as cheesy as they did. They'd try to make it more realistic, which would make it less look less good. Uh, so Yeah, like, it, I liked how, like, it was kind of shitty looking. Yeah, it was, like, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was, like, really campy, and the actors were really playing it up. Yeah. Like, and Jack Nicholson played, like, three different roles. 
<laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and he all died, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, each, yeah. Each one of his roles. One of them squashed by a giant uh, playing yeah. a Hollywood ball. <laughs> or glow. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That was back when uh, no one knew Natalie Portman was. And uh, Jack Black was in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good times. There's a bunch of cameos in that movie. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that alien space movie. No, we're, we're talking, talking about different aliens. Yeah, we're talking about different aliens in different space. Or I guess same space, theoretically, but different aliens for sure. Different um, future. We're here to talk about Oblivion, the trailer that kicked the crap out of the After Earth trailer. Um, yes. So, yeah. Are you excited for, for talking about this film, Carson? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> You said it a little not like, as not as excited as I will when we talk about After Earth, though. Oh, dude, I, I, oh my <laughs> God. I, I really hope that in some strange universe, After Earth turns out to be like the best movie of the year. Like, <laughs> I hope so. I would, I would love for it to be pleasantly, just surprisingly good. Yeah, I will totally stick my foot in my mouth and eat a bunch of crow and I'll all be those like, different things. I'm sorry, things. M Night, that we shat on you for the last, you know, three movies. Yeah, you just made up for all of your worst films. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we'll we'll forgive you. That, that I have a feeling come whenever, you know, it releases, we'll just be like, ugh. It would be awesome if, if, if it did turn everything around, though. And then, like, he started making a series of really awesome films. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would like for him, because, I mean, it, M. Night, like, he started off so promisingly, and then it just all kind of went downhill at one point, and... Uh, I, I would love for him to to make a like a kick ass movie again, but I just the trailers are not selling me. Yeah, for sure. So I I can't. And, I can't, and you know I gotta I gotta have some reservations. I can't be too excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Which which may lend to it actually being better than expected if you're already not excited for it. So. Yeah, that could be true. But anyways, what do you say, Carson? We take a look at the trailer for Oblivion, and then get into that review. All right. I wanted to spend the rest of my life here. Jack, Jack. An object came down in one seven. Got it. On my way. Sixty years ago, Earth was attacked. We won the war, but they destroyed half the planet. Everyone's been evacuated. Nothing human remains. Our job is security and drone maintenance. We're the mop-up crew. Two more weeks, Jack, and we can leave and join the others. Doesn't seem right. We won the war. Now we have to leave. This is Mission Control. How y'all doing this morning? Don't take any chances. It's dangerous down there. watching you, Jack. Who are you? The people you work for lied to you. They told you to follow borders. And soon you would join the others. It's time you know the truth. Jack, how do you know my name? There are people down there. 
things you need to know. I don't want to know! You're still an effective team. We are not an effective team. They're firing on survivors. Stand down! This is insubordinate behavior. What aren't you telling me? Who are you? Help us end this. You don't have to die. They don't have to die. It's time to come home. I'm not gonna do that. Earth is my home. Alright, so here we have the film Oblivion. A long time ago, the Earth was attacked. And, you know, humans won out, but unfortunately planet is kind of just toast and now we have uh tom cruise sitting on the space station acting as the mop-up crew having to go around and fix drones to protect these devices that uh, you'll find out about in the film and uh yeah he uh, finds out about this like weird group of people and uh he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on and there's lots of space stuff happening lots of bright colors and uh yeah carson what do you think of this film Lots of lots of drones. Lots of drones, man. Uh, I uh, I you know what I had a really uh fun time watching the movie. I uh, I was uh surpri- I was pleasantly surprised that it uh, you know it wasn't anything uh it wasn't anything amazing or like well this is gonna be the next sci-fi classic or anything. But uh, I uh for for purely uh spectacle and entertainment value like I. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that uh, I thought you know based on Tom Cruise's performance and the visuals and design of the film, like those two things alone uh, was really enough to to put me you know into recommending this film. I mean, this is a movie that uh, demands to be seen on the big screen. Uh, I you know. It's it's one of the reasons why I really you know enjoyed Prometheus, but I felt like this was a better film than Prometheus, just for the fact that even though the story in both uh, films were kind of lackluster, I felt like at this one, at least this one, wasn't as convoluted. It wasn't like trying to go for like a deeper like you know possibly religious uh meaning or anything like that <laughs> we're trying no, to like get no you know, oblivion really... space jesus yeah there's no space jesus in this <laughs> he does not make an appearance um but and, and you know the other thing the other positive about oblivion i think uh that versus uh something like prometheus is that the design and like all the effects i loved how that they were they were very bright and they're very you know, they're out in the open and they're in daylight and it's almost like they were challenging you to find the flaws in everything. And, you know, with something like Prometheus, you get like these dark, like cavernous, you know, places and you can hide things easily and, um, while it looks good. But I just thought by like, just putting it all out there was pretty ballsy. And cause I mean, it could have just been, it could have just looked like crap yeah. and it just would have been all out there and like, ugh. But I mean, like the second this movie starts, and Tom Cruise like walking around his like awesome 
space like condo thing <laughs> Dude, I, they, okay, first of all the, earth condo sorry they're up in the like you know sky tower that that sky tower like the in the inside of it reminded me a lot of the inside of some of the buildings in tron legacy where like right, yeah. the floor is lifted and then each of the comp- like the living like the the uh like lounge area and the dining area are like recessed into the floor but really it's just that the floor is lifted like i want this house so bad like obviously oh, yeah, yeah. i don't want to be like a mile into the into, into the sky no but, like, you would just want it to be normal i just want this freaking awesomely looking futuristic house so bad right with the little jet port yeah in it, a pool that's like above nothing yeah dude the, the, the like screw infinity pools this is like the new <laughs> standard in awesome poolness that that's what like I mean that's one of the reasons why I really like Tron Legacy. I mean that the the design and look of it alone was enough to just like be like wow this movie like this movie's great. Like I mean unfortunately I feel like hopefully uh, uh, his next film has a much stronger story behind it because I feel like you know one thing you could argue between this and Tron is that you know they have great visuals and everything is is great like that but the stories are kind of weak and uh while this one i think obviously has a the story is better but uh it's still i felt like could have used a little polish but i mean it's not it's not like i was it wasn't like i was not invested in it like i was still like on board with like tom cruise like finding out the mystery of like certain things and um i do like like kind of like the mid twist um that happens going on and uh you know by the time like morgan freeman shows up and his like people and um and then like what happens at the end like i was really on board with that and um but really like the really the thing to to marvel at in this movie is the design i mean there's like so much memorable stuff in it like clearly joseph kaczynski knows like he just loves sci-fi you can tell and he and he knows yeah. how to create like really cool designs like they're obviously inspired by other films but i mean those those like little drones were like some of the coolest things like they those were like a complete original in my opinion like they had aspects of other you know robots and stuff we've seen uh but they just like they were like characters in and of itself like they yeah you know, they were just as central of a character as Tom Cruise and everyone else was. You know, I, I think, you know, at, at the beginning of this episode, I was making the, the joke about how, like, evaporating people by shooting drone turrets at them was, like, way more horrific at, than, than, like, just seeing blood. Um, I, I think it really just comes down to the drones themselves because they're so massive and, like, they're legitimately frightening. Like, I... Yeah, and I, and something about, like, the noises they made. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, like the... <laughs> I was like, I would not want to come across one of these things. The the thing is, like, they they have no, they have no vocal communication, but they have these tones. And like, when a drone is wounded, it has like this, this pinging, like sonar sound of like, "Come find me, I'm broken." But like, when they're active and they're they're just the sound of the drone making the distinction between friendly and enemy, and like, you just know, oh shit! Like, it's literally hearing that, like, like that, that, oh, I'm about to die. Yeah, like he's like, it sounds like he's angry. It, oh, dude, just, I really, I mean, the, the, the drone style feels a little bit portal-ish. Um, it's like a combination of, like, the, the, the turrets from Portal and the little Wheatley bot guy who, like, is, like, helping you as you play, like, Portal 2. But, like, uh, 
they still feel like original on their own. I mean, just stylistically, they're they're a little bit similar, but like they are they are legitimately frightening. Like I. I if I was younger, I would have nightmares of these drones like just coming after me and just yeah. It's weird how like you know you're saying like we were saying like they kind of feel like amalgamations of different like sci-fi robots. I mean like that their little eye scanner thing kind of looks like HAL nine thousand. There's yeah. another thing toward the end of the movie that's like c- clearly a giant uh, homage to HAL nine thousand. But like the, those the the drones is like they kind of had like that and then like the they kind of just look like like Eevee, like really pissed off Wally robots. <laughs> and then yeah, like it just like I don't know, but it they they made it its own thing, and uh, even just like the 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 costumes of like Morgan Freeman and and like his band of characters were uh, were like interesting and memorable, like their like weird helmets and stuff. Yeah, and like the like. Even, I mean, you see it in the trailer, but, like, the shot where, you know, they got Tom Cruise, like, chained to a chair and Morgan Freeman's talking to him. But, like, like the shots of, like, him looking at Tom Cruise and you see, like, his reflection in Morgan Freeman's sunglasses. Yeah. Like, stuff like that is, like, very memorable. And, uh, you know, it's 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 awesome. Like, I was going to ask you, like, I don't know, like, if you had to choose, I don't know if... I don't know if it could be done, but if you had to choose between uh, Sky Tower or uh, uh, Serene Cabin, <laughs> I don't know which one you would pick. Um, can I get the Sky Cabin or can I get the Sky Tower <laughs> transplanted to the Serene Cabin? I think you want the Sky Tower at the like at the edge of the yeah right there uh, at the lake. protected forest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could watch people. Yeah. It would be pretty awesome. Like even the design of the his little jet thing, which I thought yeah. was cool, and how he could like spin around inside of it. <laughs> you know, there 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 are kind of two things that like I thought about random tangents during the film. Um, that kind of they, they didn't bother me in the context of the film. There were just two things that I thought about that made me question. One was like it's kind of bad design to make it so like in order to change the direction of your turret, you have to move the entire cockpit of your plane. Um, like it seems okay if you're hovering and then targeting and shooting, but if you're mid-flight and then you have to do that, it seems kind of complicated. The other random thing was in the scene where we were just talking about where Morgan Freeman is like lighting up that cigar. Unlike a bombed out, destroyed Earth, who's growing tobacco still? <laughs> like it's been. I think six- he just had those left over. But it's been sixty years since the war. Like who? Like who keeps cigars that long? Maybe like, Morgan Freeman does because he's a badass. Morgan Freeman's like, I'm saving this one for when we get Tom Cruise. <laughs> when we capture this guy, that's what I. This, that's when I light my victory cigar. Yeah, he, he, it was given to him by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> exactly. I guess, I guess it would have been Will Smith. He's like, not till the fat lady sings. Right before Will Smith uh, perished, he gave Morgan <laughs> Freeman a cigar. Um. Anyways, yeah. Now, now well, I'm... you could also see the same thing about his cabin, dude. It's like, where is he getting the power to light, like, to play his records and, well, you know. I, I think, I mean, just... This isn't expressly said in the film, but I believe that he stole one of the fuel cells that he uses to um, mm. fix the drones because those are supposedly like gnarly power sources that last a long time. And that, had, that's true. He had the little switch that he flips um, to actually start the electricity at his cabin. So I think he made like a. Well, I figured he made like a little generator of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, to there's help something power it. 
Yeah, there's something that he did. I mean, hey, if he can connect up a little speaking spell to uh to the whatever Empire State Building or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you do like Morse code with the uh yeah. But anyways, going going back to the film as a whole, like I I, I kind of love this movie. Um I I had heard I'd been hearing people like I'd heard some people say like, oh, people are saying it's actually good and other people saying I'm hearing not too good things about it. So I was a little bit worried going into the film. But uh, yeah, I I really like this film. I think it's um, I, I think it just it's it's good sci fi. Uh, they, they do borrow elements from from other sci fi genres in the past, but like. There, there are moments towards the middle of the film where it starts to go certain directions or it starts to introduce n- new elements of the universe. And, like, immediately part of my brain goes, uh, they're trying to do this thing from this movie. But then by the end, once it wraps everything up, like, it's a really succinct, like, it, it takes these elements that have been used similarly in other sci-fi stuff and it kind of makes it its own. And it does it in a way that by the end of the film, I was really kind of, like, very, very happy with it. Um... And, and it does interesting things too, like in, you know, we always talk about world building and this film does a lot of things with the universe that it exists in, in, in a way that is really interesting to me where it introduces rules, but not reasons. And then later on in the film, the events like depict what that reason was. So it, it, it gives you little taste of the universe and how it works and the way the characters see their universe. And then as things evolve later on in the film, it then starts to explain it, it explains it in a way that like you instantly go back and go that's oh oh cool that's how this works oh interesting yeah like i like this like um you know in the trailer when that object comes down and then you know you got the drones like it's like why is that ship there why like what's going on like the way they explain what caused that ship to come in and what that ship is like there's they just do a good job of piecing out the events of the film. Like you're just engrossed in what the character is going through and you're getting little bits of the story as it progresses. And then as it all starts to come together, it's, it's like, okay, I get it. They're doing this. And there's like, Oh, well, well, there's this other part. And then you're like the, each little piece they give you makes you think up more questions about why things work a certain way. And then they give you a little bit more pieces and it answers those questions, but it brings up new questions. And it's just, it's this continually evolving um, explanation of how the universe works and who these characters are and why they're there and it's like they kind of like in about the middle of the film they kind of eh, maybe it's the middle a little bit later than the middle but anyways they kind of explain the main stuff you need to know but then there's still questions left over like well okay I get that but then what's really going on with this stuff and then it's just as things come together it just kind of becomes really interesting and you know as you start to learn the gravity of exactly what's happening and and like what happened in this war and and who all the groups of people are and stuff it just yeah i was just in i, I, was, I was impressed by it and like it, it feels like one of those situations like some people don't like the halo games because they feel that the story isn't strong enough but i think playing those games you get the impression that there's a lot of story that you're not being presented with. Like you feel that the universe is richer than maybe your gameplay experience was. And I think oblivion has a similar thing to where it's like, I want to see more stuff in this universe. Like this, I mean, obviously this would never work as a television series because there's no way they could do the effects this well in a way to make it this entertaining um, on, on a, on a television show scale or budget. But like, I just, I, 
I know this universe is really, really rich, and I get the impression that there's a lot of stuff happening, and it just makes me want to know more about it and, like, learn more stuff. And, you know, obviously we can't get that because we only have this two hours or two hours, five minutes, whatever it was. Um, but for that ride and for that time, like, I I really liked it a lot. And like I said, there, there was parts towards the middle and kind of towards the end where I started to have questions and worries but everything just wraps up in a way that like those questions were justified to me um, by the way the story plays out. And it kind of all the things that became fears partway through are are um, made not fear, whatever the word is for that <laughs> um, later on. You were alleviated. Yes, I was alleviated um, as as I'm presented with the rest of the film. And yeah, as you said, this film looks freaking amazing like apparently the budget was only 120 million yeah um, they I, got their money's worth yeah i don't see how that's th- th- this 120 million dollar film looks like better than pretty much every 300 million dollar film that i've seen yeah i mean i was like compared to a movie like oz which was well over 200 million i mean it's just it's crazy to think that you know 120 seems too low yeah. Even though that's a lot, I mean, it it, it feels like uh, you know one of these three hundred million dollar movies. Yeah. Um, I just I just like the the blend though of of the two the practical and the the CG. Um, I just I just wish that other like especially these other movies that that cost two hundred and fifty million plus. Like I don't know like why these just like why they would look worse but yeah yeah the only thing that was kind of underwhelming was i know and a lot of people have been saying it is the the score was kind of uh was a little uh underwhelming but uh considering it was like m83 it was being like pumped up and yeah it's getting hyped up and stuff and considering that daft punk did tron legacy and um this wasn't as good as 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 that it felt kind of Hans Zimmery ripoff, but yeah, like in, in general, places. in general, it didn't bother me. But there was like, you know, there's a scene where you know Tom Cruise and his lady get it on in a pool. <laughs> yeah, and it's scored like an action scene. No, it, it it's scored as if it's the climax of the film. Uh, no, yeah, pun, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I was like, I don't understand what the hell is happening. Yeah, that like, was a little weird. But I mean, like the the. Actually, that score, I don't know if it was the one that they repeated at the end of the movie when uh, Tom Cruise is doing like his, and I just thought that it's kind of similar to the, the the climax in Independence Day when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum go up <laughs> to the mothership. Yeah. But um, whatever the score they used there, I thought was really effective because yeah. it sounded like dreamy, like uh, Blade Runner-ish. Well, yeah, um, like it, it's okay to be like overly dramatic in in, in your climax of your film, but like if, right, if it's right. just right, but no, like, I'm saying like that that part of the score I really like. The 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 other the other parts of the score that sat like when the title came up, like Oblivion, it was like Dun! and it sounded very kind of Inceptiony. Yeah, like at those moments, I I kind of like felt like it could have you know that's when it felt like a little too too much like something else, but. Yeah, speaking of the, the title opening, um, uh, you and I both saw this in IMAX, which looked amazing. Did, did the film, po- like, right before the title, did the film start off in normal 16 by 9 and then switch to the bigger format as soon as that title came up? 
or was it because like the title comes up and then he starts the flight the pre-flight sequence for his little ship and that's when i first noticed that like oh yeah this looks freaking amazing it is huge yeah, like they had the anytime it flashed back to his dream or whatever, that yeah. was in regular okay uh, scope. And then whenever they, basically anytime else, it was in the specially formatted, almost full IMAX, but not. Yeah, because th- this film looks incredible in IMAX. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I even saw it in IMAX, and it, it was like, this, no, this is totally worth the extra money to see it like this because it just. It looks incredible, and like just the way the tech and the scenery and um, just everything that makes this sci-fi presented in this way, just it has such a beautiful visual look that like I, I can't stress enough that if you're seeing this film in theaters, you should see it in IMAX. Yeah, yeah, I would say that I would say the same thing, and I saw it in a true IMAX, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> it was like whoa. It was like that was funny. It was just like you're like it was like whoa. It was like whoa, man, whoa, man. Yeah, it's I I I kind of wish that we had a closer true IMAX, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like if you would still get the same effect. Obviously, um, you know, if a movie shot in IMAX, you should see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should see it in a true IMAX, but it, obviously, anything is better in in the full. When it, you know, with the screen is better and everything, but you but know, even in Limaxes, as Carson and I have been describing, the the sound of the drones is so yeah, like the sound alone that, like, is enough yeah, to yeah. like even if you saw it regular sixteen by nine, but saw it in like RPX or something like that, it yeah. would be totally. I don't I don't even think they're doing this in RPX, but no, yeah. I think they are because okay. I saw when I went to the Spectrum, they had it in RPX as well. Nice, yeah, like anything where the sound is increased is going to be really awesome to see this in because, um, it's just cool <laughs> like it just being able to feel the drone about to attack you is just very impressive and uh super awesome yeah i mean it, it lends itself to uh some of these you know bigger screened better audio formats really well yeah um yeah definite you know and it's way more immersive than like any 3d movie i've seen lately yeah because I was just like completely, like you said, when it switches to like a uh, futuristic world, like you're just completely wrapped up in it right from the start. And I'm also really glad that this was IMAX, but not IMAX 3D. Um, right, because yeah. Like it, it looks amazing, and it's great to be able to see a, an IMAX film without having to also do 3D. Um, because it's like, it's funny, when we bought the tickets, I was almost like, oh, they didn't give us glasses. And I was like, wait. Why would they give us glasses? You can see IMAX without glasses, and this is not a three movie. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, I was glad that they, it is a two D movie. Like they didn't try and yeah. convert it or anything because. Well, I don't think that the drones would have looked so real if if it would have been in three D because it would have given it that like plasticky toy kind of uh, weird perspective. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of the images would have been would have been muddied because they are like really bright, and I feel like adding that extra layer to it is going to make it all dark and like poop looking. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I don't like, I'm glad they didn't try and convert it after the fact because yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I, I still can't get over how good the drones looked. Like I'm thinking back to the, there's a scene in the film when, when uh, a drone 
like slowly and super ominously just floats through this curtain and just like, oh yeah that was one of my favorite parts like the, you, it, it's inside of a building which is already kind of small um and this drone just takes up like the floor to ceiling the entire space and it just coming in at, like it, it's yeah it was in slow motion i think I, I don't even know if it was actually in slow motion or if it was just it they was were just moving like pulling really, it in like really slowly. Yeah, like it, it how, how, whatever it exactly was happening, it is just an incredibly ominous, super slick looking like it, it, like it communicates fear in a way that uh, is pretty incredible. And yeah, I also like the the one shot of the drone just like going up the different levels at the end when they were fighting them all yeah. in uh, Morgan Freeman's compound. Yeah, talking about like the the one shot. Yeah, the one shot where it's going Dude. up through all the levels, just like annihilating people. That that was impressive, like to say the least. Like just just that one, like all single single take. Like, well, I mean, it's digital or whatever, so it's you know it's kind of cheating, but it 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 just freaking looked awesome. Yeah, it, it looked pretty awesome. And plus, when you got Morgan Freeman like shooting drones, going like, "Take that, you son of a bitch," <laughs> or whatever. I, I will say also, I think I Dude, think Morgan Freeman fake out. I mean, that was pretty awesome. Well, I think I think that uh, that this film has my favorite PG thirteen f bomb in it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> like, I mean, I felt I felt kind of bad. Like, I, I I went to the I went to the movie with my uh, with my dad, my stepmom, my little sister, and I felt kind of bad that she was subjected to it, but <laughs> but it was too good. <laughs> that that was definitely because it's always they usually find like a really lame. You know, like I hate when PG thirteen movies have like they get the one f bomb. They always like it's always like a really lame moment when it happens. Yeah, they they really used utilized it well. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't let that go to waste. It it, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it re- reminded me of uh, of Tom Cruise's red light green light moment in in the first. Mission oh Impossible. yeah, yeah, the first Mission Impossible. <laughs> um. But good times, good times. Um, yeah, do you have anything specifically you'd like to call out before we end this episode? Uh, no, not really. Cool. Well, I think I think we know where we're all going with this one. But Carson, let's get to our verdict. If you were going to place this on a scale of must see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, where would you place it? Uh, yeah, I would give it a must see. I mean, it's especially like I said, uh, I think it's a movie that that needs to be seen uh, on the big screen. The bigger, the better, obviously. Yes. The, the more the more pixels you can slam into your screen when you're watching this, the better. <laughs> um, though also, I will say, man, like this is something that I want to get the Blu-ray for when it comes out. And then I want to watch it with my uh, 5.1 headphones that I have. Because um, mm, yeah. I just want to like be as like completely immersed in this thing as I can uh, just to like really feel the gravity of it. Um, this is what I like to call a Blu-ray movie where you just buy it simply to have it to have it and like you may need it at that point where i just feel it's one of those movies that you could just have playing in the background mm-hmm. um and people would like you know if you had people over they look over and like, oh this movie looks really oh what is this moving art that you found <laughs> starring tom cruise yeah it, it's pretty awesome um but yeah i'm, I'm gonna give it a must see also uh you know, besides just having the Blu-ray to be experienced with my 5.1 headphones, I'd also like to watch all the special features just because. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I know I saw like a preview for like a behind the scenes on like A and E or something like that, like a random television show. But I guess with the sky, the uh, the sky 
apartment complex that they built, a little little sky tower. Uh, yeah. I guess they did like a, a 360 degree wrap around and projected the skies uh, when they were filming to get that look. Like I guess it's not green screen or something like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Cause I thought that uh, that destroyed moon was pretty cool. Oh, the destroyed moon is pre- is pretty awesome. That looked like a desktop. Like that'd be somebody's desktops. That actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like even like looking at that, um, there's that scene where they're eating dinner and the moon is in the background. It did look like a uh, a, a something they projected. Yeah. Uh, like a matte painting or something. Also, I will say. Um smartest alien invasion tactic of all time like <laughs> i mean I, we don't and we we've obviously we've we talked about the moon's been destroyed um like letting the letting nature do most of the heavy lifting for you is uh, like i think that if we're ever invaded by a hostile alien force that that will be how they do it yeah, it's pretty smart. It's better than like, you know, the host where they take over your body or something stupid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there you have it. Two must-sees from Carson and I. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of this review. So Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, we can go to uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Cool. People can find me over at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes, including our review of The Place Beyond the Pines. If you want to figure out when these episodes go live, you can uh, follow us at Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for the soundtrack will come from, or music from the soundtrack. <laughs> music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Oblivion. So yes. hopefully you guys are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, awesome sci-fi. Hopefully this is going to be a year of awesome sci-fi. Uh, you know, we're not too excited for After Earth, but you know, Elysium is coming out. Um, should be, better be amazing. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe some other stuff that we'll be talking about in our trailer segment. Uh, it would but, be funny if After Earth was the best of the three. Oh, that would make me very, very sad on multiple <laughs> levels because I think that Elysium has to do well so that Neil Blomkamp will be given all, uh, basically, power to do whatever he wants and finally make a freaking Halo movie. Um, but that's wishful thinking on my part. I, I, I don't think it'll happen. But you know, but who maybe. Knows? If, if, if he keeps making these awesome sci-fi films that uh, maybe someone will finally smart up and be like okay fine well, it, it's really just got to come down to them being okay with giving him the power to do whatever he wants with that film but I feel like he could make a Halo movie like how he did District 9 and do it for like 30 million dollars and I feel like you know the studio could be like safe in the fact that they know they would get yeah, a yeah. big return but you, you just have a lot of people with their hands in the property in general. And right, yeah. if they just screw it up, then... Like, I wouldn't want him to make a film that they screw up and then have that tarnish his record. Like, because, I mean, obviously, we've really only had District 9. But, like, I'm assuming that Elysium is at least on par with District 9. Then, like, it would suck for his third movie to be this flop that wasn't good. And then he doesn't get to go on making incredible stuff moving forward because 
he's the one that that botched Halo or something like that. Yeah, and I I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of this episode. So Carson, thank you for joining me. Yep, thank you for having me. And thank you guys all for listening. We will catch you next time. Thank you.